This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Harrison County Development Commission. Through their C-Force training program, they provide high school students an internship in career fields of their choice. This allows the student to see if that career is right for them, and it also provides work experience that they can list on their resume. The Harrison County Development Commission also focuses on keeping retired military personnel right here on the Gulf Coast by connecting them with companies looking for skilled workers. You can visit them on their website at mississippicoast.org or like them on their Facebook page. Now let's jump into the episode. What's up, everybody? It's the Brownwater Banter Podcast. I am Jared Seymour, and I'm here today once again through Zoom uh, with Josh from Gold Tap Honey. Uh, Put a message out there uh, on a Facebook group if any local businesses wanted to talk, and uh, Josh responded. Um, Josh, first of all, thanks for jumping in on here and doing this today. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about Gold Tap Honey? Sure. We're a a local small batch artisan uh, honey business uh, here on the Gulf Coast, and we provide our honey up and down the coast. so people lucky enough to actually get their hands on it. Uh, we go all the way out to Ocean Springs, all the way over to Bay St. Louis. We've had beehives, you know, all up and down the coast to be able to provide people truly small batch honey from their towns. We've consolidated a little bit, but it, all of our honey is still from the Gulf Coast. Uh, and yeah, so we're out there on Facebook, we're out there on Instagram, we've got a website, so uh, check us out. Yeah, man. I, I was doing a little Facebook stalking after uh, we did our correspondence there. It looks like you've been on the Miss Congeniality show. I, I've seen where you've done some stuff with White Pillars, I think. Uh, is that correct? Yeah, white Pillars over in Biloxi. Uh, Chef Austin, really great guy, really great food. Uh, what they're doing over there is actually exactly what we're trying to uh, market towards. He does all farm to table. We call it hive to table, but uh, yeah. he, he carries our honey exclusively and uh it's kind of hard to make our honey any better, but he definitely, uh, he'll make you wonder. Yeah. 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 I saw, I saw a picture. I don't know if it was through them, but of a biscuit with y'all's honey all over the top of it. And it don't get much better than that. Yeah. That's total. Like the, the fallback people are like, what do you do with the honey? And people always want to throw it on a biscuit. We tell people there's a whole lot more to do with it than just a biscuit, but yeah. Well, this, this is the South. So, right. That's the first place we're taking it. <laughs> uh, how, how does one get into the honey business, man? Like, is this a hobby for you first or is this, you know? Yeah, it was a complete hobby. We, uh, so we're prior military. We've been all over the place. We were up in Ohio and we had a little hobby farm. It, that's pretty much where you have a little farm, but it doesn't really make any money. It's You just have all the stuff. And one day you realize, like, hey, this is a whole lot more work than it's worth. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did it for the purpose of just being able to, like, provide healthy, natural things for our family to, to eat. And uh, I had mentors, people that would help me out, teach me how to do stuff. I, I wasn't raised on a farm at all. And uh, one of the guys mentoring me said, hey, you should really look at bees. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. And yeah. he had beehive, he took me into it and I was like, all right, this, this is actually pretty cool. So I took some bee classes up in Medina, Ohio. Um, and the rest is history. I, I fell in love with it. You get addicted real quick and it went from a hobby to, to a little sideline business. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I was looking at your website. I mean, it looks very good, super professional, your logos. Like I love the, the, the kind of the, uh, you know, the imagery that y'all are promoting through your business, right? Yeah, something we're really trying to do is like honey's been around for a long time and you can change honey, but usually when you do, you're changing it for the worst. And a lot of people don't realize what's, what goes into honey production or just agriculture in general. You know, everybody thinks old McDonald when they think of the, the local farm, but 
that's just not agriculture. You know, you got the grow yards and everything. And beekeeping is a whole lot different. You know, we hear a lot about the bad things that are happening with bees, the colony collapse, the mites. There's all kinds of things that are messing with our bees right now and, and killing them. And so, so overcoming, uh, yeah, I guess the technical difficulties, my, my computer decided to do all its updates right then and it shut down and reboot. I was like, yeah, that's how, that's when it always wants to do that kind of stuff. I've been on my work computer all morning. This is my personal, so. Okay. All good. Uh, yeah, those damn windows updates, man. Um, so <laughs> I think you were talking about, I think you were talking about, uh, the bee population, like the devastation. So we can just we can just start right back there. Okay, sure. So yeah, yeah I was kind of saying like how the everyone kind of pictures agriculture as a certain way. It's just not that way. That carries over into beekeeping. A lot of things that are hurting the bee population. So to overcome that, the beekeepers use a lot of medicines. They feed bees artificial uh, things, and all of a lot of our big crops are becoming monocrops. And by that, like you have a farmer who used to grow seven, eight different things. Now it's just one mass filled of corn or cotton or whatever the case might be. Right. So the bees diet has become very small and confined to only one or two things. So what's different about our, our business is we really work hard at producing a honey that comes from a hive of what you, the non beekeeper would think it comes from. We're trying to recreate that old McDonald kind of feel uh, with a wholesome, all natural. We don't we don't use harsh chemicals. We don't feed our bees sugar water or supplements. It's a truly hive to table. Is, That's why we got into it. So we're trying to pass it on. Right on. Is it is it bad to feed them? It's funny you say that because I some guy that I follow online who has nothing to do with bees just got a beehive and he was feeding them sugar water on top of the hive. Is that really not correct? It, so it, it all depends. And uh, to me, I look at sugar water as a medicine. It's, a, it's like a supplement. It's, uh, it's not necessarily bad if your bees are going to starve. And if you have to give them some kind of food, I mean, it, you, if you don't feed them, there are times that your bees will die if they just have nothing to collect. Um, but if you don't have to feed them the sugar water, then I would say definitely don't. If you're trying to do like much more natural, and there's reasons for that, that sugar water, you know, there's, there's huge debates out there with all the beekeeper geeks but mm -hmm. it, it changes the pH in the, the bee's stomach, which makes them more susceptible to other diseases. It's kind of like taking your kid to Burger King. You know, hey, hamburger meat's not that horribly bad. But if you eat Burger King every day, yeah, it tastes yeah. good, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to change you. And the same is with sugar water. So, okay. I, and, I like, and people do it just to stimulate the bees. So it, it simulates a nectar flow. So in springtime when things are blooming, the bees can go out and get nectar. So if you're dumping all that sugar water in there, you're artificially stimulating the bee to start producing early. So the big guys do it, you know, the big corporations, because they're, they're really trying to turn over those profits. Right. Well, all the books, all the YouTube, all that stuff kind of trickles down because the big guys teach it. Little home, you know, beekeepers, they look to see what the big guys do. And so they just think like, oh, that's what I have to do. And Got so it. they do. They just dump sugar water in it. Some of them and don't that, even understand why they're doing it. And that will affect the quality, the taste, I'm assuming, of the honey? It does. And it's kind of like if you get like a nice wine. And uh, honey and wine and, and all those cool uh, artisan things, cheese, beer, it doesn't matter what it is. If you get a cheap wine and you have an advanced palate or a developed palate. Right. And then you drink like a really nice wine, you can tell the difference. And if you just go to Walmart 
and you just pick up a jar of honey and you just taste it, uh, it tastes sweet. It tastes like what you think honey would be. Now you get a true local artisan beekeeper and you taste the honey, you will notice a difference. And what you'll notice is like the smell and the taste. And it, it you do have to somewhat develop your palate. But right. Bourbon, bourbon's the same way. Like you said, like wine or bourbon. Yeah. I, I, yeah I can, you'll, you'll pick up all the notes of whatever the floor was that they were collecting from. If, if they're collecting wallflower, then, you know, you're going to have something different than clover. Clover is, it produces a really light honey. The color is, is more clear, uh, more of that yellow color that we all think that gold, but then you start yeah. getting your wallflowers. It's, it's very dark and it's amber and it's, it's more pungent. And it really is depends on what you like. Here on the Mississippi coast, if you're getting really, really light honeys, I would, I would question wine. We're not a huge clover producer. Not that we don't have clover, but, you know, like you go to the farmer's markets here and you, you actually get to know your beekeeper and they tell you their practices. You'll notice that a lot of the honey here on the coast is actually dark. Okay. That's good to know, man. That's really good to know. So, I, I see that you're sitting there in front of the hive. I, I uh, applaud your, uh, your, uh, your framing of the shot there and, and your setup. What, what are bees? And I, and I saw this in your miscongeniality video. Are they not super aggressive? And, and I would think that if you're by their hive, they're going to be right. But I watched the video there. You're saying they're not. Um, so the reason I'm in front of the hive is because if you had to do an interview, just staring at me, <laughs> you're, the people that are following you, you're, you're gonna, your likes are gonna go down. So I thought well, I have been looking at my face, so it's it's okay. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. You're fine. So the textbook, you know, you read all the textbooks, and everything tells you bees are defensive by nature. They're they're not supposed to be aggressive. You know, we've we've had all kinds of movies and stuff about the attack of the killer bees, the Africanized bees, and yes, they are much more aggressive. Their genetics are much different. Uh, most of our European bees, they're not overly aggressive. With that said, you know, like someone could blast me because I'm sitting next to this hive and however many people will see it and they'll assume like, oh, the bees are very nice. So any serious beekeeper, they, they breed their bees. So they raise them. And I raise my bees to, to be at a temperament that I'm com comfortable with. It's kind of like when you raise a horse or a dog, you pick the genetics you like and you, you mix them and the outcome is hopefully something that, that you desired. The same are with bees. If you have very aggressive bees, you don't keep raising those bees. You find the bees that are more gentle, and those are the bees that you keep reproducing from. So my bees are at a, a level that I'm comfortable with, but I get stung all the time. You know, okay. I, I, all the time. So I was I was joking, I, and I was like, man, at the beginning of this, we should totally like do like an online bet. Sitting here, am I going to get stung or not? You know, anytime yeah, I yeah. take people out to a hive or I do an interview like this, it looks cool. But in the back of my head, I'm like, this is going to look really stupid if something like pops me on the side of the face. You know, so yeah. do, you feel, do you feel a little more like immune or tolerant to it now that you've been stung so many times? You, you know, you talk to a lot of the old timers and stuff, old timer beekeepers, and like, oh, you don't even feel it anymore. I have no idea how many times I've been stung. Like, and it hurts every time, like yeah. every time a few stings, yeah. but I don't react the same as a lot of people do. You do like build up some tolerance, um, yeah, but something to, to know if you get into this, it only takes one sting to go the wrong way. That's so right. I could totally be not having a problem. I get stung all the time and I don't have any allergic reactions and it could take that one sting to send me over the edge. I have built up some tolerance or immunity in my system, but that one bee sting too many could do yeah. it you know yeah. so it's, it's one of those risks there there are risks in being a beekeeper 
it, I guess it's like fire ants. I've been stung by them a ton of times, and that's never getting any better either. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll take my chances with bees. I'll yeah. let you have the fire ants. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know what's going to happen with fire ants. Yeah, it's just pain for days. But uh, did you mention in the beginning of this that you have multiple uh, beehives kind of scattered in different locations as well? I do. Um, one of the reasons I did that, I had a whole lot more bee yards. Whenever we first started the business, I really did, wanted to have one uh, in all the bottom six counties. And so people could say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm in Biloxi, I'm in, you know, wherever it is. And I could give them honey from their county because people really do have a desire to have local honey. Right. And anybody that's actually from the coast knows that it takes forever to get anywhere. You know, you have to shoot all the way up to 10 or all the way to 90 and over. And I was spending so much time just driving around the Gulf Coast that I really had to narrow it down. I still do have multiple apiaries, um, but I've narrowed it down to like three towns. So okay. I, I don't stretch all the way across the entire coast anymore. They say that uh, local honey has benefits for like allergies and stuff like that. Is that right? Like helping your, is it immune system as well? It does. One of the great things about honey is, so you compare it to like your table sugar. Table sugar is just going to be sweet. There's not much flavor and there's not much benefit. It's just sugar, pure sugar. Now you take honey and it's got a, so there's actually ratings uh, for sweetness. It's got a higher sweetness rating than table sugar. So you can actually cook with less. And uh, so that's a benefit. So when you're looking at benefits of honey, you, it doesn't take as much because it's got a sweeter flavor. It's also got a much more complex flavor, which I love. So whenever I'm making my simple syrups for like my bourbon drinks and, and right. stuff, it's, it, it really enhances the drink and just makes it a lot more fun. But within the honey, you have a lot of trace elements. So as the bees go out and they collect nectar and pollen, they're collecting trace elements from whatever it is that they're uh, collecting from. And because they're collecting pollen and bringing that back, there are trace elements of that pollen and all of the honey, as long as the honey has not been filtered. So whenever you go to your local beekeeper and you're asking them like, hey, do you filter your honey? You need to really understand what that means. Filtration is whenever they take usually uh, a, a piston type pump and they force it through a filter, a, a micron filter, and it's gonna strain out any of the, the, the trace elements. So you lose all the pollen. Your local beekeeper, you might say, hey, do you filter? And he'll say yes. But what he's really most likely saying is that he's straining. So he strains it or she strains it just to get the, the bug guts out. Right. So as they, as they spin out that honey, you, know, you might have a, a, an old bee leg or something. So most, most local beekeepers and small beekeepers actually filter, or, but it's truly straining. Fil true filtration is very expensive. But when you go to Walmart, or those places, unless the label very specifically says that it's not and it, it's raw, then most likely you're getting filtered honey and you're not getting all those good trace elements and other things that you want that you think you're getting from honey. Yeah, I guess, I guess so leaving that in there, like you're saying with, the, with those trace elements, it's kind of like micro exposing yourself to that kind of thing and hopefully you won't have as big a reaction to it when, you, when pollen is everywhere, right? Correct. Correct. And that's what it is. And if you get it from your local area, whatever's blooming, that's what the bees are collecting from. And so you do get those trace elements. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that with the uh, mixing your drink. So I, we got, you know, hopefully got some bourbon fans that we're starting to uh, develop here on the show. So they need yeah. to reach out to you and get some of this. Uh, if you're going to spend a lot of money on bourbon, why not spend some, you know, good money on, uh, or some, get some good quality honey, right? Oh yeah, definitely. So uh, we, we actually market towards a lot of mixologists. 
And some of those definitely are professional. You know, over on White Pillars, we got uh, Justin, who's phenomenal. You go in there and have a drink, and he can tell you about anything he's making, the history of it, and he's just really great. We actually have a, a pop-up uh, mixologist that I work with, uh, Justin Carney. You can find him on Instagram and stuff, and we have him pop up time to time, like in our stories, and he's mixing drinks and doing a lot of fun things. And uh, he's actually an award-winning mixologist. Here on the coast, just a couple months ago, we had a competition, and he used our honey uh, in the competition and came in first place. So it's we say mixologist, but what that really means is any guy at home thinking he's a mixologist and wants to do something fancy. It's just yeah. a lot of fun. It makes the process, you know, that much cooler. Um, and I don't know, I yeah. I feel more manly when I make my own drink with. Yeah, no, it's, it's cool. <laughs> Extra ingredients. Yeah. I, I like when people kind of nerd out on anything, whether it's bees or, or, uh, we've had, um, yeasty beastie on the show, you know, where it's brewing your own beer, like whatever your yeah. thing is. I, I love to talk to people that are into stuff like that, especially when it's something I'm, I don't, I'm not familiar yeah. with, you know, Definitely. Yeah. Cool. talking about beer, uh, chandelier brewing, uh, yep. they've gotten some of our honey and, and, and done some very small batch, uh, select beers and, we've talked about trying to do something a little bit bigger. The catch is, is I am artisan, so I'm a small batch. So I don't right. produce barrels and barrels of this stuff. So, and those guys, they can crank out some beer, you know. So it's, yeah, we, we've chatted and they've done some small little things. So if you go in there enough, you might get lucky enough to have something. Yeah, absolutely. And if they do put something out, let us know about it. And we'll, uh, we'll send some people that way and, and see if we can't try it. I'd love to try it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, but, um, we had, had another little technical issue there. Uh, we lost the connection, but we're back. Um, wh let me ask you this question before we wrap things up. Um, how is this COVID and the pandemic thing affecting your small business? Is it, is your, you know, how, how, how is it affecting you? I guess the best way to put it. As far as the business goes, it, honestly, it hasn't. Beekeepers are usually uh, isolated out in the field anyways. Right. You know, sometimes I get visitors, but we're small enough that uh, I, don't, I don't have a huge company of people out there in a, a bee yard. It's usually me, maybe one other person. So it's just kind of been me out in the bee yards. So as far as the, the actual beekeeping part, I haven't been impacted at all. Um, as far as honey sales, they've actually gone up. I don't know if it's because people are home and they're wanting to buy online more, you know, but my sales are actually up and the beekeeping is the same. Yeah, maybe it's that mixing with the bourbon thing you were talking about because uh, yeah. I got to believe alcohol sales are way up right now. Yeah. Bourbon sales are up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. Well, that that's good to hear uh, that that you're still you know it hasn't affected you that much. That's good actually in a, in a positive way. So that's that's great news to hear. Um, let, but what about uh, people that want to reach out and uh, follow you either on your social accounts? What's the best way to get in touch with you, and also best way to order your product? Yeah, so we do have a website. It's www.goldtaphoney.com. And we're on Instagram, Gold Tap Honey. Uh, we're on Facebook, same, you know, it's, it's, it's the same throughout. Um, and out there, you can, you can message us, uh, you can call us, phone numbers are all out there. So yeah, definitely, if you ever have questions, if you want to buy the product, you can buy it online. Um, it is scattered somewhat on the coast. We're somewhat selective on who we allow to carry our honey because we are really working on building a certain image. Um, right. But you can find it hiding in some little some little places. But yeah, you can definitely get it online. Okay, man, that's awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually check it out. I was looking at your website and it looks pretty cool. So I wanna I wanna see what it's all about. Um, once things get back to normal, man, I'd love to have you back in uh, on another episode in the studio and we can really dive into honey, you know, even more. 
Yeah, or we can get you in a bee suit out in a hive. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't care. I'm not. My, when my wife sees a bee or a wasp or anything, she freaks out and starts swinging at them and stuff. And uh, I'm always telling her, like, you got to be calm, man. You got to be cool. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, just to chill out. A bee won't mess with you. A that's wasp, right. that's the devil's bug. It, it is sting you just because it's not nice. That's, that's right. Those <laughs> evil things. But Those evil thanks, things. Thanks again, Josh, man. Nothing but the best. Thanks for taking the time out to, uh, to come jump on this interview with me. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It was a good time. All right, man. Take care. You too now. Hey guys, I just wanted to jump in here at the end and say thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I hope everyone's doing well and staying safe. Um, we'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to talk to us, man, drop us a comment. You can go to our Facebook page, at BrownWaterB on Instagram, at BrownWaterB on Twitter. Uh, let us know how you're doing. Let us know how you're entertaining yourself right now while there's nothing to do. Tag us in any of your photos. We'd love to know what you're up to. And until the next one, we'll see you then.